Hi, I'm Chief Bob Vasquez. And I'm Dr. Jose Lugo Santiago. Welcome to Leaders and Futures. Let us have a new kind of conversation, one about leading as futures emerge, are yet to happen, or plainly need to be reimagined. Someone has said that the best way to predict the future is to create it. Although it's impossible to predict the future, one thing is certain, you must lead in it. It's time to think differently about leading. This podcast is powered by the Institute for Leadership and Strategic Foresight. Let's get started with today's discussion on leaders and futures. So we're going to finish the discussion on toxic leaders or managers, and uh, we can argue about what the difference is. But uh, number four, Lugo, and by the way, good morning. Good good to see you again. Good uh, we, morning. We get hung up on this. We're, we're like the youngsters, man. Do you ever notice? They don't ever say hello. They just start talking. It's like, uh, hi, I'm here. Yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> I think it's just, yeah, it's the, the, the brightness of the day. The day, so, you know, the the sun, the sunrise is telling is us, is? you know, let's get moving. <laughs> you so, think so? Well, so we go, and this is exciting too. So we just want to get into it. You know what's interesting is that I uh, I remember listening to Rush Limbaugh, uh, rest his soul, who I I thought was one of the funniest people in the world, but he said something that was profound in one of his shows that I think is the reason for what I'm, I'm we're talking about this. He said that the problem with our country is that we've lost the language. And if you think about it, that is so true. I don't know that that's the problem. We can argue that. But we have lost the language. When uh, people continue a conversation like we do, but we're doing this for a, for a, for a reason. Uh, and uh, when they continue a, a discussion, a conversation, whether it's writing or speaking, they keep going. I don't know if you see their their notes, uh, their emails, their what do they call them uh, messages. There are no ca capitals. There are no punctuation marks. It's just a continuous. Uh, I'm not sure if it's a thought or all of these thoughts combined. Uh, that, that bugs the heck out of me because a lot of times, because you know, I, I work with some pretty uh, smart. In fact, probably the smartest people, youngsters in the world. And when they do that, I think, wait a minute, what are you saying? Because if I put a comma here, it's going to change the context of what you just said, mm -hmm. and, or a period, or a capital here, or whatever. And uh, they don't, I don't know if they're not taught that. I have no idea. Or they just, you know, and the same thing with the media. If you're on online, grammar sucks. It's terrible. I wish somebody would hire me to be a, a, a an editor because I could make a lot of money because it sucks. We've, we've lost the language. Yeah. And anyway, that has nothing to do with what we were, what we were talking about with toxic leaders slash managers. And we had uh, two more that you, you had brought up, manages through fear. I love that one. And fails to listen. Well, I like that one too. So have I told you my story about uh, do it or I'll kill you? I think you should, uh, I think you mentioned it in a previous episode, but I think you should talk about it so that okay. people understand uh, exactly uh, what it means. And that means that you're going to, well, who knows? Well, I'll let, let you, me tell I'll you the you, story. I'll let you uh, talk, talk to it. This is 1972. I went to a basic training and uh, and I, I don't know that I've told you, maybe you don't even know. I, I didn't join the Air Force because I was a patriot. I joined to, to avoid the draft. And so uh, I was about to get drafted. I've never won anything in my life. I won the draft, the lottery for the draft. That really sucks. But anyway. And you're uh, talking I, about the Vietnam Vietnam, draft. yeah, 1972. So uh, I go to basic training. I get through the training, which I love, man. I would have gone back. and I, I always envied you being an MTI because I wanted to do that. By the time that I got the opportunity, I had too much rank, and they wouldn't let me. So anyway, uh, 
I go. The, my first assignment is March Air Force Base in Riverside, California. Beautiful. You talk about uh, sunshine all the time in this beautiful country there, except when the Earth moves. So anyway, uh, two days after we arrived, there's three of us that arrived, new by, new guys. A guy by the name of Rick Rose, a staff sergeant, who is a duty sergeant, takes the three of us outside to show us what we're going to be doing for as our additional duty. And it's always dirt stuff you got to do, you know, as an airman. So we go out there. He says, Mike Mormon, this is uh, one of the guys, your job is this, blah, blah, blah. I don't remember. Uh, Mike Paulson, the, your job is this, blah, blah, blah. Airman Vasquez, come here. So he shows me this sidewalk. We, the, the There was a building, the band building, because I was a musician at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a band building. There's a sidewalk, and there's this huge eucalyptus tree, huge. I don't know if you've ever seen them. I don't know if they have them in San Antonio. But they're gross because they've shed this bark that if it's like tar, man. If you touch it or you step on it, it's not going to come off your feet. You're going to be hanging with that for the rest of the day. Gross stuff. But anyway, it would shed its bark right there on the sidewalk. Rick Rose gives me a hands me a broom and he says, uh, "Airman Vasquez, your job is to keep that sidewalk clean." Uh, I'm sorry, your job is to keep that sidewalk clean. Here's your broom. Uh, whoa, 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 wait, wait. You, you know, I don't know if you've ever had this instance. It happens more to me now lately, but it's like I'm thinking that I'm thinking something when I'm actually saying it. You ever do that? Probably when you're talking to your wife, you're thinking mm. something, and you're like, "No, I'm yes, not saying that." Yes. And she's saying, "What are you saying?" Don't do that. Don't do that. It'll happen. You know more. what? The, the problem with that is I'm not like Adam Sandler who has that that remote control that I could go and rewind. <laughs> yeah, I can't rewind. You can't it's rewind. Done. No. It's out there in the open. Yep, you're stuck. Man. And you're gonna live. Well, forget it. Uh, BMW. Just remember BMW. Okay, yes. that works. <laughs> yes. Anyway, uh, Rick Rose says, "Here's your broom. Keep that sidewalk clean." Uh, Sergeant Rose. And in those times, 1972, if you went, you had been to college. You came out of basic training with two stripes. That was a big thing. Before that, you didn't. Uh, so b- before that, you came out with no stripes as a, an Airman Basic. So I tell uh, Sergeant Rose, I show him my stripes. I say, Sergeant Rose, I went to college. I've got two stripes. I'm an Airman First Class. I'm a musician. I'm a bassoonist. I don't do that. No kidding, Lugo. And I can feel it still to this day, 50 years later. He sticks his finger in my chest and he says, do it or I'll kill you. Mm-hmm. Persuasion. Managers through fear. Back in those days, I'll tell you what, that was the cleanest sidewalk you ever saw for the year and a half that I was there (laughs) because Rick Rose was going to kill me. Now, times have changed. Correct. Back in the day, we would have probably said Rick Rose was a great leader because you you feared him. It doesn't work anymore. Mm -hmm. But uh, these folks that we call toxic, I think that's what they think, that they can uh, uh, fear you. Uh, that's not an adju- uh, an, uh, a verb. But uh, they can um, make sure that you're so scared of them that they'll do it. And that's not effective. How long will that last? I mean, you were yeah. a TI. You, that was part yeah. of what you, your, your yeah. method, right? To scare the, well, the poor to tell you Bob the truth, you know, just got off the bus? No, no, no. A lot of people say that, right? And and that and you're right. It goes, it goes so far. And, and my... Uh, a lot of people what i think they 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 want to manage by fear and i think what they i don't think they want to manage by fear per se but what they want is respect and i'm talking about leaders in, in and for the most part and so they believe they're in, 
and that's lack of maturity, not understanding the leader, the, the leader, the leading process. And so what they what they do is they think that using you mentioned that language was not part of this language is very big part of this managing through fear. And in this case, he used his language to say, you know, if, if, if you don't do this, I'll kill you. And then you persuaded you to do it because you were thinking in your mind, well, this guy could really kill me. And then uh, and, and then and those things can happen. But in regards to, let's say, the most basic in regards to how we develop leaders in uh in in, in the air force let's say what you mentioned you, you went into the uh air force basic training you know as a drill sergeant right and the air force we call it military training instructor mti so as an as an mti i knew i could i could use that up to a point and once the once the follower begins to you know begins to get some level of competency understand the rules of the game that a lot of that goes away and when you use it people resent you so basically at the beginning they you know yes i was i was racing chaos this is what you're going to do i was very directive in my behavior this is what you're going to do loud i mean it was just a, a a i created a scene to build a type of emotion in people to to then create the motivation for them to move forward, right? Motivation, uh, willingness, and some people say, how do you define it? The willingness to do something, the, the the dominance, myself and others, and social good, right? All of us are in this together. So, so there's a purpose. It's not the reason you're doing all of that stuff to be mean, but just to make the organization and make these people learn. But, but then at a point, that stops. And then you have to get into a more... Uh, you know, one of the things that, that we started doing in some cases, you know, when you get very, very deep into that, I started whispering very quiet. Hey, uh, you know, uh, you know, element leader, I want you to do this. Uh, Dorm chief wants you to do this. This was going to be done within this. I'm not yelling. And, and sometimes when I lower my voice, it was more powerful than when I was screaming, yelling, you know, and just, you know, being very aggressive. Uh, in their face, because over time, the same thing over and over, right? A hammer, if you have a hammer, everything looks like a nail. It doesn't work. And so leaders got to be able to be creative in how they approach. And they also understand that the, the people they deal with are human beings. And they are innate. Uh, in, innate in them is a treasure of gifts, creativity. So so it is not about managing with fear, but it is about opening the the, the treasure chest so they can, so these people can just pour their gifts into the organization so it can be used in so many different ways. And so and the best way to do that is understanding people and understanding your purpose in the organization because there's no there's no excuse right now in, in, in any endeavor to be disrespectful, uh, to manage through fear in organizations, because that, what it does is does, it does the opposite. People move away and, and people will resist it for a little bit, but then after a while, and, and maybe after a little while, especially nowadays, you will not have an organization. Everybody will be gone. You will be sabotaged. Who knows? Yeah. People or, try to do the stuff to get you out of business. Exactly. Then, then the fear fight uh, is uh, 
affects you in in the negative way instead of you affecting them in a negative way so and and i think the key to that is that last one that the toxic leaders or managers fail to listen it's about listening right i mean not and not just for the words again the language is critical because that's how we think we communicate but what is it and i don't remember the the numbers lugo but 97 percent of the communication process is nonverbal, something like that and i guess we can argue that i don't care that's just a number but we know that a lot of it is nonverbal. i mean i back in the days when i was teaching at the air force academy we taught them uh, seven ways to respond and uh the one of them was outstanding sir so that the uh, every time that I asked them, and I'd see them all the time, I'd ask them, so how are you doing? Outstanding, sir. Shut up. How are you doing? <laughs> and then they'd start telling me, you know, because I could see it. They were not doing well. You could tell, you know, they were either scared or, again, going back to fear uh, or complacent. or You, you never know. You're tired. Uh, but... Uh, but I think listening, is, especially because we both studied with uh, Dr. Covey, uh, he talked a lot about empathic listening. And the key to that is understanding, not to reply, but to understand what, going back to what we, we've been talking about, their story. Who are they? What is their story? Who is their story? And when we do that, we're liable to, and maybe that's the fear as a leader, Lugo, that we're liable to learn something. Maybe we're afraid to learn something. I, I know what I, I, I think I know what I know. I don't want to know anymore. Well, maybe you should open up and learn some more because the, the world is changing. The people that we say we're leading are changing. You know, they're just totally different. The, the way you grew up was different than how, the way I grew up. And the way you're, you're bringing up your son and, you know, our kids, my grandkids, they're, it's a, I wonder where are they learning this stuff, you know? Because, uh, you know, I'm so far away from them. I can't be teaching them, although we do have technology and Facebook. But, um, but anyway, I think listening is critical and not just for the words, but for meaning uh, the nonverbal stuff. Yeah, nowadays leaders have to listen in many different ways, right? Listening to feedback, that's good. Listen to what is said and what is not said in interpersonal communication, that's good. It also, the leader also has to be able to listen to signs, signs in the environment that things are changing. Uh, I, I think the, the Institute for Leadership and Strategic Foresight, they published in their LinkedIn page a an article, small article that said, that the the headline out there should be what's changing slowly because when leaders all of a sudden get disrupted in their businesses uh whatever the case organizations they uh, a lot of times believe oh all of a sudden all this stuff happened and, you know and no uh, the truth is that innovation is a process and innovation happens slowly and so uh, why am I then, if it happens slowly, how is it that I'm being disrupted? And the reason for that is because we're not listening. Listening is about seeing, seeing the environment is, is being able to, to uh, take the sign and what you listen to it and, and being able to align it to the point where you say, oh, now this makes sense, right? It's making sense out of reality, whatever that reality is that you're in, 
the signs that you see, what people are telling you, and everything else that is gray in the middle, being able to reconciliate those two. That's what makes uh, listening effective. So listening so, to what so, the person is saying and listening to the environment. So it's, it's a matter of vision, and it's a matter of the power of supervision. The power of supervision. I had to write a book. Yes. Oh, yes. wait a minute. I did write a book, and it's called The Power of Supervision, which you published, and I thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> Our listeners can go to Amazon.com. Hey, I'm plugging nothing, but we both <laughs> books. No, look it up, doesn't uh, sound like you're plugging anything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Look for Lugo Santiago on uh, on Amazon.com and Bob Vasquez on Amazon.com, and you will find uh, a bunch of stuff. <laughs> so, um, but 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 you no, you you really are, and that. Again, listening with your eyes. Covey used to talk a lot about that. Listening with your eyes and your heart, if you remember that. Those are the terms that he used. And, and again, Lugo, but you know, people are afraid to do this. You know, I, I don't. I don't understand it. I don't think you do because we do listen with our eyes and our hearts, and that's just the way. We, I'm going to give give myself uh, give myself a, a, a round of applause here because I think. I hope that maybe I had something to do with you doing it, being able to do that, that you learned it from me. And now I'm sure you've taught a lot of people that are doing the same thing. Uh, that's the way they do it. Uh, but uh, but it's hard, man. Uh, you know, it's uh, I think it's tough to be humble, strong enough. To, it's, it's tough to be strong enough to be humble enough to, to listen that way, with our not only with our, our ears, but with our eyes and with our heart. Well, you mentioned the, the issue of humility. Humility is... It's a prerequisite for learning. So that's uh, if you're not humble, it, if you have a humility problem, you will also have a learning disability, and and that's that's what happens. Like so that. as a leader, if you don't have humility, you will have a learning disability. The truth is that every single one of us don't know everything. Uh, and we need people around us and their, our relationship with others makes us better. My relationship with you have made me better and I'm at better because of our relationship as well as, you know, the people who have been with me, the people who have led me, which are also people that I have led. That sounds strange, right? But a lot of these people that I have led, they led me <laughs> Yeah. and and they made me better. Yeah. And, and so going back to the thing that we talked about, uh, you know, problem solving uh, that we talked about, uh, creativity and so on. The truth is you learn, the more you are learning, the more you're leading, the more humble you begin to be because you know that there is so much wisdom around you and there's a lot of voices around. So that's also another difficult piece. You mentioned that it is, it is uh, that we may be in fear of 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 knowing the truth sometimes but the, the reason for that is there is for us to be able to lead seeing we see so much that it is worrisome when you look at everything else that is happening in the in the environment and then we don't want to listen but we we have to have a way to distill out of all of those things that we hear we should be able to distill some lessons for life so we can overcome these things that we see that are not positive. The same thing for our people. How we how are, we got to listen because we got to also help them overcome. Yeah, and like I said uh, so, uh, some time back, that if we don't listen, we won't know what those things are that they can provide us, can help us with, 
and then help them uh, to empower themselves to give us more. It's just a c continuous cycle, you know. We got to be doing that all the time. So, uh, yeah, listening now. Although Deb says I don't do this very well, I, I you know, I, I keep trying. I just nod my head and smile. And we've been together 45 years, so I guess it's been working. There is no perfection, right? There, there's only there's only a magnitude, right? Yeah. And you gotta see where am I at the zero or the one? Yes, yes. Like, I'm not either. Okay, then I'm doing. Good. Yeah, I'm doing good. Good enough. Well, and all of this stuff that we've been talking about, especially in particular the uh, the toxic uh, characteristics that and how to be an effective leader, I, it all comes down to experience, Google. Experience. It's, it's experience yes. you know you that's how you learn by going through stuff uh, you cannot we, you and I cannot talk, well you and I can have this conversation about deploying to the desert uh, to, to being in war and all, you know Tom Brady just went uh, not long ago uh, said that uh, going to uh, playing the football is almost like deploying with the military well let's uh, let's not talk about that but I don't think he knows what he's talking <laughs> about he, he did apologize and I'm glad because mm, I, I'm a kind yeah. of a, I'm a goat fan because he's an old guy and I'm an old guy but anyway mm. let's talk about experience uh, let's, let's do that next week let's do that Looking forward to it. See you then. Thank you for listening. We hope today's topic connected with you and helped you reflect on the work leaders do to get out of a narrow focus on one future and into a broader range of possible alternatives. If you'd like to connect with us, find us at leadersandfutures.com. And if you would like to learn more about leadership and future studies, we have several programs to help you at the Institute for Leadership and Strategic Foresight. Until next time, be great. <laughs>